welcome back to another episode of Meet the Creatives. That part's always weird, trying to be like, n- not to be like Radio Gaga. Welcome back to yeah, another yeah. episode. Hey, yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. We're back. Top of the hour here with uh, Eric Marinovich. It's Marinovich, correct? Is that the... Rep- uh, Marinovich is... Marinovich. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're good. It's That's ethnic, cool so... <laughs> That's very cool. Well, welcome to the podcast. Uh, let's hop right into it. Uh, I know that sometimes it can be kind of miserable to be dragged through your LinkedIn and, you know, it says here in 2007 that you worked at, uh, what's, what's your story? Where, where did you start out? How'd you get into, you know, lettering and design and, uh, you've done some incredible work. Uh, I'm going to make sure I link everything up, but all that aside, what is your kind of great first off? Uh, I don't, I don't, I'm pretty proud. I don't have a LinkedIn page. Nice. Uh, my family still tells me I need one, but. I, I resist it like the pl- <laughs> I resist it like the plague only because it's another thing to manage in a life where you have tons of things to worry about. Yeah. But uh, how did this all start? I went to school uh, at Cal Poly San Luis Obispo and studied. Uh, they had an art and design program, and came out of that thinking um, I knew everything, and then quickly realized I didn't know everything. Oh yeah. <laughs> and then spent. Don't worry. It, yeah. Spent many, 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 many years um, uh, painting walls at galleries and by just I was all over the map. But the thing that kind of changed the course of me being creative was my girlfriend, now wife, uh, we were both doing long distance and she just kind of pitched out an idea of saying, hey, I'm moving to New York. I'm throwing a garage sale, selling all my stuff to basically make enough money to maybe live out there for a couple months. And if you want this relationship to work, then I advise you do the same. I'm like, whoa. Um, so that's what happened. I followed suit, bought a plane ticket, and then we went out to New York. And then that's pressure, man. <laughs> six, six and a half years later. Uh, awesome. Yeah, I, I need that. I'm just a very, I'm a, I'm a so late my, bloomer. My cat's and, making an, an intro. Oh, Say hello. Oh, what's your name? This is hey, Lily. This is Lily. Lily's been oh. on Meet the Creators multiple times. She's the uh, chief editor. She's a good cat. She's, she's a boss. She's just like, where's my cameo? <laughs> <laughs> cool. um, uh, yeah, so I went to New York, worked at big branding agencies like Landor, Future Brand, and then my last one was right before the economy crashed. It was a small little four-person studio. But what I what I learned there was just had was surrounded by some of the most talented people um, still to this day. Yeah. And they really mentored me, brought me under their wing and, um, just kind of showed me things that it was like grad school. So, yeah. uh, fast forward six years in New York, my wife and I then decided to move back home because we're both from California. We did a little stint in LA and then, uh, she got a job in San Francisco. And while we were in San Francisco at that point, I just decided to try freelance work. Right. And, was working at kind of little agencies here in town in San Francisco and uh, was working at one in particular, had a really bad meeting and pretty much was just like asked to leave because they weren't happy with the work. Yeah. And then that yeah, was the moment where I'm like, right there with you. It's tough. It's tough. <laughs> um, like, hey, we like you. We think you're a good person, but you're not working here anymore. Yeah. Just keep, it's in like, touch, and then, keep in touch. We're yeah. going to help you, you know. We're yeah. not gonna, yeah. and then they never, then they never actually like yeah. that. You're just like, all right, the real world is hard. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I finished the meeting, and they're like, okay, you can go now. I'm like, oh, um, it's like one in the afternoon. 
are you serious? Like, yeah, you can, you just get your stuff and go. I'm like, oh, wow. oh, but that, that's what I needed. That was the, um, fire under my, this is where you answered them. You know, yeah. your cats, <laughs> <laughs> the sound bite. Um, yeah. it just lit a fire underneath me and I went home that day and did something really juvenile and wrote this. Uh, can we swear on this podcast? Oh, bro, you could say shit, whatever. Okay. There should okay. be the explicit um, thing next to the iTunes. I don't know how to get that, but I've said pretty much like under every word under the sun. This is like either, this is like on the one hand, the best thing I've ever done to, to market myself. On the other hand, I'm yeah. totally exposing myself for how much I frequently just curse. I'm a very New York. Like when Gary Vee came nice. along, I was like, ah, oh, one of me. Yes. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just an yeah. F-bomb battle. Yeah, whatever you want to say. Go ahead. Uh, so, yeah, I did this like really very, very, very simple juvenile thing. I just said thank you and fuck you. It was almost kind of like my uh, my therapy to what was a, a the worst nightmarish day in my career. I sent that over to my friend Aaron Caramula, and he was like, oh, this is great. And it was, it was like the first thing I ever posted on Friends of Type. But the conversation I had with my friend Aaron, who I shared it with, was like, hey, this is great. Um, we should put this somewhere. And at that time, there was many sites like F -F -F Found where it was just uh, blogs where they were aggregating creative, right? right? So go to a person's portfolio site, rip a bunch of their content, and put it in this what was pre-Tumblr. <laughs> and I sent it to Aaron and Aaron was like, well, if there's nothing exists, because I gave him the question like, oh, where, where do I do it? He was like, well, let's just make something. And in eight hours, we designed, named it, and came out with Friends of Type. Right. And Friends, Friends of Type was uh, started by me and Aaron Carambula because we had worked together in New York, had this affinity for calligraphy, lettering, and type design. And just decided to um, make a place where we could throw in our own original content. Because at that time, like I said, a lot of the blogs out there were just aggregating other people's stuff. There wasn't actually anyone making original original content. Right. So, and that's what we did. Yeah, we started, this is before, you know, everyone was jumping into the podcast game too. So right. it was just, Everybody had a voice it was a really freeing it. time. Yeah. And I was working by myself in my living room in my apartment in San Francisco and having like tr just like ab abandonment of leaving New York and missing my friend. And so this was a way to keep in touch. Right. And then what we started doing is that every day I started generating content. And then we I also realized the practicality of that kind of maintaining uh, creating new work every day. So we brought on two other friends, Jason Wong and Dennis Pyongyang two other guys we worked with in New York and that was the friends of type crew. And pretty much for three days or not three days, yeah. three years straight, we created um, one post a day, which is an enormous feat considering that we were all, you know, had full-time jobs or working enough freelance to keep the lights on. And that from that moment on, I finally discovered that what my passion was and that was lettering. So I was like 29, 30 years old. And it hit like I just the light went off when yeah. that moment came and we made friends of type and never looked back. That's so never crazy. Back. I got to I got to talk to you about that moment because I really feel yeah. in a weird way. I've had times in my career where I've worked at some significant places for like short periods of times and then really like PR the shit out of that. Like, see, I am working with the Hershey Chocolate Company. And I, you know, I did some really kind of like fun stuff in a short amount of time. But really, realistically, it's been kind of just like freelance gig after freelance gig of like learning the boundaries and like, you know, stretching. Lily's trying to make a second appearance. This is crazy. I have to like literally put her away. Hold on. She knows I'm a cat person. She knows. Yeah, so you are don't a cat blame person. her. Beat it. 
But I've had these kind of these short stints of working at awesome places, BuzzFeed, Hershey, you know, AT&T. And I've been kind of along the way, kind of like, uh, I think burning the midnight oil is the expression, but just kind of like staying up till 4 a.m. and, you know, learning, getting really great with Lightroom. And then, and then after that, going to Premiere, doing all this different stuff. And I have this skill set, which gives me the, the ability to kind of breathe for a second and be like, okay, I know I know what I'm doing now, and I've put together some good runs here, and I know that I'm a good, I'm a decent photographer and designer, but I'm at a pivotal moment in my life where it's like, you know, like Rose in the Titanic, where it's like she's like sitting at the table, and then she's like, but inside I was screaming. That's the way that I feel about like photography lately. I feel like I'm doing this graphic designer thing, I'm doing all the different stuff, but I just like love photography. But everyone's like, well, you got to make a living, and they keep telling me that. I'm like, okay, but like. Do you do you do you jump fully into something, or do you kind of continue to kind of earn your stripes, or is that just like your ego's way of manifesting like a bullshit excuse as to why you're not already doing it? Because now I'm doing it, and the only reason why I'm doing it is because I overrode my ego and was like, no, I'm just gonna fucking do it. I'm gonna buy the lights. I'm gonna get the photography. I'm gonna get the camera. I can, you can't be a professional photographer with a T3. You need to upgrade your camera. I did that. I'm fully out of excuses. I have all of the assets. And everyone's like, well, you should get like more stability. I'm like, I don't want to be stable. I want to like travel the world with my camera and document all of that. But it's so weird because like everyone's narrative, which I don't know, I, don't, I usually don't pay attention to, but I do pay attention to the narrative, like, you know, not being able to pay rent. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. covering your bills, being married and being responsible is a big thing. But, you know, if not now, then when? How do I handle all that? I'm having like the, as John Mayer says, the quarter light crisis, I think. Yeah, well, man, the reality of everything is that life is very short. So um, you have these opportunities and there's been many opportunities that I've turned down that I look back and they would have been maybe great financial decisions for me and my family. But um, ultimately, the reason I didn't take those on is because there was something about either a job or a, or working at a place or just taking on a certain project that either I had issues with morally or it was just something that right. I wasn't, I just didn't feel pa passionate about. And I, like every time that I've taken a leap of faith based on my gut, and I know that's really silly to say, um, it's worked out, but I yeah. think you also have to, you have to internalize what you want in order to get it. I think a lot of us have these tendencies where, we see all the great things other people are doing. We're like, oh, that's pretty easy. Let's just jump in and um, all that same status. But it's the showing your hobbies and showing your passions and letting that reflect and rub off on your work is ultimately what will probably help you generate something original yeah. for you and maybe um, the environment and industry you play in that might help you actually um, get noticed. Yeah, for sure. When the friends of type, the friends of type thing finally hit, yeah. of course, I, I mentioned that's like the light bulb went on. You know, it's like we're as creative people, I think we're all just looking for that moment in which you finally hit, you finally hit something that conjures up this like, I don't know, the highest of highs, meaning like, right. whoa, what I just did, like, can I replicate this? Can I do this every day? Right. So for me, friends of type gave me that moment, and you know the like fact a that I had to kind wait, of thing? yeah, I had to wait until I was thirty. But what was really great is that my my wife 
I, we weren't married at the time, but she could also see, we had been together long enough that she could just like look at my eyes and know that I had finally seen the, seen the quote unquote light. Yeah. And we had a conversation of her approaching me saying like, I haven't seen you this happy. What would it take for you to, to give you space to just work this out and see it through? And I was like, if you can cover me for six months where I can push out some of my responsibilities of yes, that's what I'm, covering that's what's my side of right rent. now, my life. You're describing yeah. my life. And I'm 27. Yeah. It's super weird that you're saying that. <laughs> but at the same time, I scaled down everything. I scaled, I like went through, I, I went through just my cost of living and mm-hmm. I stripped it to a bare minimum. Like, yes. So mm-hmm. what ended up being a six month um, sabbatical ended up being two years because I was just getting into a rhythm because I was also teaching myself. And there was plenty of places to probably like learn more about type design and calligraphy and lettering. But I took it upon myself to kind of like buy used books, see what content was out at that time in YouTube and elsewhere and just basically teach myself. Yeah. And again, didn't look back. But it's and, all, it's all within, right? Yeah. That's like what's so yeah, crazy. Yeah. And that's what yeah, I, that's yeah. what I realized. It's like, you are the only one stopping you. It's, I actually just did a talk recently at Brooklyn College, and that's so, like, gr- <laughs> I just want to preface this by saying it's so gross to, like, quote yourself. I'm not doing that. <laughs> but the one thing that I said to those students that I really, like, really fucking stand by, and I listened back to it, and I was like, yeah, that's, that's fucking true, is that, like the, like, the biggest thing that's, like, standing in the way of all of this, it's, like, it's not your resume. It's not, like, you know, it's not, like, the discipline to, like, first and foremost, it's, it's you, it's not your mom. It's not your dad. Like, what, what is Donald Trump doing that's, like, stopping you from getting better at InDesign? Everyone just wants to kind of have these sort of things of just, like, well, like, the world isn't just the way I want it, so, you know, I'll wait for, for a time, and there will be a right time. And it's like, no, the Peter McKinnon videos are online now. The, the, <laughs> the Skillshare class is on now. You know what I mean? Like, I was looking at your skills, the preview for your Skillshare class, and I was like, all right, well, there it is. There it is. You'll get a whole lot better if you take that class. It's up to you whether or not you want to do it. And if you want to like have the discipline and again make the sacrifice to spend the money. You know, it's weird. Yeah. It's so weird how much I, why do we stand in our I know it's the ego and I know like this psychological reasons why. Do you think it's our culture that kind of does that a little bit? Because it's cause we definitely live in this kind of clickbait culture, but we also live in these like um like the there's everybody wants to be like motivated and inspired. But that's kind of just like a, after a certain point, you're kind of like just like sitting there watching, you know, how did you get it in gear? What, I, what was it in that time that, what was the switch and how do you not think like that? To somebody who's like, well, I'm scared. How do you go from that to being like, it doesn't matter, ship the work on a regular basis. How, where was the switch for you when that happened? Uh, the, the work that I was generating wasn't as much of a struggle as it was in all the other jobs and projects that I had done prior to that moment like it was coming out of me in a way that obviously I've ever since I committed to like being a creative um all of those lectures and workshops and assignments in college and then in in New York kind of led up to this moment but honestly I could recognize that I was it just came out easy easier than like me when I was given a project like, okay, design this book. And I was like, God, this is such a struggle. Not saying that lettering isn't a struggle, but like 
my attitude towards it was so different. It was one of a positive note saying like, well, if I just can get this done, I know the next, the next time I have to draw this S, it's going to be easier. And that was a state of mind I had never had prior to this moment. I think it's weird because it always kind of, I think as creatives, we want, we want to proclaim that we've at some point like made the, the jump, but I found that you kind of like have to jump over and over again. There's not like some like plateau where you get to, you're like, Oh, I made it. That really doesn't exist. If you're, if you're doing anything, you know, you know what I mean? Like it's always a constant growing thing. Um, what were some of the ways you kind of got into a groove when you first started freelancing and like, you know, having your own clients and kind of, uh, fending for yourself a little bit? Like what are some practical tips that you could say to people as, as in terms of like kind of keeping it together, keeping things moving. And as we mentioned before the podcast, you know, just something that's kind of practical. Uh, the most practical thing that I have in my practice that has worked out, um, pretty good so far has been, you have to create some sort of content um, that is appealing enough that someone might look at it and like an art director and basically translate that like that would be really good for this advertising campaign I'm doing or um, this lettering style would be great for this particular uh, label that I'm doing on this package design. Right. So the only way to kind of generate that interest is by continually making space in your week, in your month, or in the year to create space from the client work and get back into a mind space. And the mind space that I usually go back to is that one when I first started practicing lettering where I was really free. Like I would be inspired by music I would be listening to, things that were happening in current events, um, et cetera, et cetera, that, that really, those interests kind of fueled a body of work. The higher mountain you climb and the uh, more expansive view that you have uh, on your surrounding mm-hmm. and making time to absorb all of it in um, yeah. is so beneficial. And again, just making that time to sit down and actually generate work um, that piques your interests that are outside of the ones that are deemed by your industry. I think sometimes it's kind of hard to find that thing that comes easy, but it comes by actually like doing it. Because I tried a whole bunch yeah. of different things and sucked at a lot of things. Like I love lettering. I like, you know, I've, it's pretty obvious by my podcast, I've kind of like an obsession with, with lettering for... I would venture to say that of all the people that are not letterers, I might be like the most into lettering person who doesn't like do lettering. It's so weird. Like John Contino, like yourself, like all these different people. Uh, and now I don't know. I don't know if it's like hours logged though, too. That's where I'm at right now is like how much of it is like natural talent and ability. Mm-hmm. And then how much of it is like being willing to, like you said, kind of draw that P again. Cause the, the, yeah. it's always the same. It's always like, big emphatic P or whatever the first letter is and like a couple other letters. And then I get there and I'm like, I don't think that I know like you, like you do or like other people that work in the field, the kind of the structure of them and to get it right and to get something of substance, that's going to take a lot of time. But, yeah. but if I really was obsessed with it, wouldn't, wouldn't I do it? Or am I just fucking lazy and really maybe I could be quite good at it. I just don't, you know what I mean? I, it's just the, it's the, the ongoing curiosity and like, yeah, that's the word. um, 
uh, I had a good friend that I met in New York. This uh, He's from Thailand. His name was North. And on the weekends, we would sit up on his roof and draw kind of like the view of he was in Clinton Hill. So whatever, the view of the outside, the building surrounding us. And I would always like start a new page and then basically 10 minutes into my drawing stop because I deemed it not good enough to finish. And right. it was simple but wise words. Yeah, simple but wise words is just like, Eric, you'll feel more content completing it than you would stopping it because even, you know, progress, progress should be something that um, is anything you start, you should finish no matter, no matter if you like it or not. Um, yeah, for and, sure. you know, I, I think it's those simple reminders when people tell you that, that that is how you build the confidence to draw for sure. that better P, how to look at different material to basically all right, if I've drawn the same P for the last 10 years, maybe it's time to switch it up. How much of your stuff that you draw do you put out there and how much of it do you go, oh, no, no fucking way, I'm not going to put that out there? Because I feel like that's important yeah. to edit out what you don't. That's almost as important as what you do put in, which is really kind of funny. Well, here's the thing. I have, in the beginning, I put everything and anything out and then kind of as my practices evolve, meaning like the things that I'm into and the confidence I have, and the things I can create right. that I find that I'm a little bit more hesitant to share things that might not have a polished look to it. Meaning like I haven't spent the hours I deem necessary for it to be good. Yeah. Um, but I, I think that's bad on my part because it's like I said, my, with my friend North, it's better to put, something that you've created because even if you put five minutes into something it's five minutes of important time in your life so right. we should be okay and i should be okay uh getting back to a mindset where i can be like all right so this could have used four hours more of time but i don't have those four hours anymore i have right. two children i have uh much more responsibilities than i've had ever right. so i should be okay with that at least put it out there to show like Hey, this is what I'm working on. And also be okay with like, I tried it. It didn't work. Maybe I'll get back to it. But at least like, here's work what I'm doing. Whip. Yeah, work in progress. And it's like my photo <laughs> gallery, right? It's like... ever made by creatives in the history of history. <laughs> it's w a snapshot. Hashtag WIP. Can't, can't judge me. You know what I'm saying? The, I think the part that we all get hung up on is probably like the urgency in which we need to make work. Yes, that I think sure. a lot of the times we need to remind ourselves of like things just take time and it's okay to like work on something for a while and literally switch gears and work on something else and come back to it the same day later in the afternoon or a month from now. Um, those are practices that I think aren't spoken about and we're not reminded that that's like a healthy way to just like get through, get through an assignment right. or get your work to a place that, you know, a lot of the times I see things in my mind, but then it'll take me forever to like, translate that onto a computer screen or yeah. on a piece of paper having faith in yourself i know that sounds like whoa everyone says that but man <laughs> it's it's the truth it's just like i want to work for the golden state warriors you have to put that stuff out there and you yes. never know when something like that might hit you know facebook creative shop let's go let's do it right. <laughs> no, no but it's, it's funny though because you have to kind of like set goals i'm in a weird phase now i think you're way out beyond me in this regard in, in that you really have the the work and, and the client base, you know, uh, the work you did with uh, Sprite or 7-Up. It was Sprite. 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 Yeah, it was Sprite. I yeah. thought that was really 
fantastic. And you definitely have a lot of things in your book that like are undeniably really strong pieces. And I'm at the place now where I, I, I don't quite have them yet, but I kind of just need to be on the trajectory, which will allow me to be there. And I think that people don't necessarily see that. So while I may not get to where I'm, I want to go right now, if I kind of keep up this manic 4 a.m. run of like just constantly doing it, like it, it will work itself out. That's got to feel so good, though. Do you ever like did, was there one project that you had where you're like, OK, well, that was that was like Sprite. That was awesome. That's like distributed. Or is it not that moment kind of fleeting? Because people say two things. I don't know. Which, which one are you? Um. Or, Man. or was there one like in particular that you were like, I can't believe I did that. Like, <laughs> no, I'm just grateful to have this space and time where I can make work that people want to pay me to do it. And yeah. I don't take anything for granted. So yeah, there's definite moments where I'm just buzzing and, and alive on this like right. project high that I'm like, I can't believe this I can't believe this hit. And I always tell myself that, but I also know that tomorrow, or this is something I tell myself to keep me uh, on and mentally saying is just like tomorrow there might not be anybody calling to hire me to do new work. Right. So, and then that gives me this sense of uh, drive yeah. Yeah. to kind of keep pushing my craft, keep challenging myself in areas that I haven't worked in yet. But each one is just like, I can't, I was just like, wow, that happened. But it's also can be like, I work for friends. Um, for instance, I have a friend who has a coffee shop here in San Francisco and it's a small, like under 100 square foot space. It's got four chairs inside and you know, he makes great coffee, but he doesn't have the means to basically hire a graphic designer to brand it where all their cafes in San Francisco feel like someone just dropped $2 million to design the interior, to right. design the branding. So, I find in those moments where I get to work with people I love in the community that I get to experience it every day, the, how I, I can utilize the things that I'm good at and give that to someone like my friend Nabil and basically like help his business grow. Right. Um, that's the stuff I get high off of because you get to see the fact you get to see it working. The Sprite stuff as great as it is. It's like out into the ethos and then it's gone. Right. I have documentation of it, yeah. but I don't get to sit next to a person drinking one. I'm like, how does that, how does that lettering on the side of that can make you feel? <laughs> um, I can tell you how it made yeah. me feel when I was listening to that song and trying to develop a lettering style based on what I was hearing from that, from that um, hip hop artist. But outside of that, you know, that's the disconnect with the, the client projects um, totally. versus doing stuff in your community. Yeah. Um, I, I kind of feel that right now. I've, I've been working with big, giant corporate brands, Hershey, AT&T, BuzzFeed. These are like monsters, right? And I love it. It's really great. And to you know, work in New York City at the highest level with some of like the best companies in the world, that's really great. But I recently have just been spending a lot of time um, like kind of like in, in like on the weekends, I've just been going on these long hikes in the woods and just going to these random, like I was in Port Jervis the other day for like no reason, but it was like beautiful shooting weddings that kind of like out of, out of the city, like doing fun things. And I've just been really inspired by these kind of like, um, kind of like those coffee shops that you were kind of describing. I was actually in one the other day and I was thinking to myself like, man, 
I could be applying to a whole bunch of places in New York and kind of doing that thing, or I could be creating really meaningful experiences for companies that probably need it. And that is a, it's been a little bit of an adjustment thing because as I'm venturing out, it's like, you know, it's always like, go to the agencies. VaynerMedia, I'm looking yeah. for work. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's, that's always kind of like the, the thing. But recently, like, I don't know. I kind of just want to have that, like, very meta experience of, like, you know, like, there's this, uh, I've been talking about, I actually talked with the guy and he's interested in doing it. There's a coffee stand, like a coffee cart that's on the, on the, the subway, on the platform every day, like, when I would go in, like, to the city. And, like, I want to do, like, that kind of stuff. Just, it's, do you think it's possible to do that, like, and, and pay the bills, though? Like, because, I don't know. I'm no, kind of, no, definitely not. But yeah. you do a trade. It's all it's all barter system. Um, yeah, how do, yeah, how all do, of how those. How do I do all that? How do I make the two together? The two work. Yeah. Uh, I mean, first you have to That's be a, a patron. Question I've been having. I'm so excited. That <laughs> for me. Uh, first you have to be a patron. So like Grand Coffee, I had been I've been going there for the, probably three. Been going there for a long time, but I didn't approach Nabil until. After being a patron, I had been a patron for two years. Right. So like every day that I would sit there and have my coffee before walking into my studio, I would be taking notes of like, okay, getting to know him, right. hearing the conversations that the other regulars have, the aesthetic of just him as a person and the type of quality coffee he tries to make every day. That um, two years into it, that's when I finally approach him and be like, hey man, that menu your menu board, I can really help you with that. And I know what to do. So yeah, I, I approached him and then I, I just saw this application that could be revisited and done a lot better. And that's what I had directly. I'm like, I can redo that for you. Um, do you want to give me a chance? He's just like, uh, don't have money. I'm like, we'll do a trade. Um, it costs this much. And then you just give me a tab and then, or give me free coffee every time I come in here. He's right. like, okay. Yeah. And that's how it started. Yeah, the deli yep. next door is about to get that. I mean, I've been working that connection. That they have my they, just slow. Just slow. It's been a crockpot thing, and I I'm such a fan of their product, and I'm such a fan of of their. It's a family run deli, and then they expanded it. I'm just like you. I, every time I go in there, I'm just like, okay, one day I'm gonna come in here with a PDF. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse yeah. Me, sir, totally. Right this way. Look this way. If you want that, that's gonna be this. Here's an invoice. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, or like redesign a menu and just like yeah. casually like leave it on the table and then walk out with yeah. maybe like a phone <laughs> number on it, you know? Yeah. There's there's a lot of subtle ways, um, but I think the more subtle you can approach those type of small businesses, the better, you know? Because yeah. obviously they're passionate people. And, and it gets real we, awkward when you're trying to elevator pitch them and they don't want it. I've done that before. Yeah. I've, I've done like fucking six gear like – like yeah. transcend your business, and then they're and I was yeah. like, we can run targeted Facebook ads around, it. and they're just like, we don't have a Facebook, and you're just like, yeah, all right, yeah, I just got just the coffee, that's it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I just think that in those kind of mom and pop things, uh, and maybe not even necessarily, but a local business or something like that, something unexpected. I think that there's a real opportunity for entry level creatives who are not given a fair shake, which can definitely happen. Like nobody feels bad for you. Like, you know, you'll, you'll come to find out that really nobody gives a shit. Nobody cares. But if you feel like you're not get, been given like a fair shake by the design community, if you were to take like a mom and pop coffee shop and just have a ridiculous visual identity and package that in the right way and put it out into the world, like 
in today's day and age, that can be, depending on how much love and TLC you put into the project, that could be even bigger than working on like a big global brand or something like that. Because then you really oh, yeah. have no rules. And again, now there's no excuse. There's, it's well, not like you have to wait for them to like approve you. You approve yourself with yeah. your, you know, Joe down, down the street. <laughs> yeah. Well, and the thing about these projects too is like you, you as a customer live it every day and you're invested, right? Because you've committed to like yeah. eating a sandwich from the same deli for the last three years. It's, it's different than with a client project where you get briefed and then literally have a week to solve this pretty right. big question. Yeah. And maybe it's a lot of times with brands you're not too familiar with or, um, you know, that kind of stuff. So it's much more, I think, uh, from the heart when you get situations like that where you know the people behind it rather than you're just some guy on the totem pole yeah. um, with a lot of other cooks in the kitchen just trying to make this big assignment work. Right, um, right. Yeah. And kind of yeah. the ability yeah. to do that independently and just kind of do that or like or do the art direction for it. So I think that the, it's kind of the notion that you have to like have these big projects where it's like you paid a key role on growing the business of Procter & Gamble. Like I think we're – I don't know. I feel like as a creative field, we're a little bit past that now, which I think is really good news for people that are kind of trying to, to make it. So. Yeah, know. yeah, exactly. Also, and I feel like – optimistic. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you get the most exciting work when it's actually, again, like coming from the heart or like some – place of goodwill you know exactly. like because you're invested in it in ways that you aren't with when you kind of take money out of the picture or it's not as much as you would want um and you're just passionate about because you want to help somebody out like i always find that work to be the most um impactful you know For sure exactly yeah. and i think that my work now is actually getting to that point because i when you do things for free it's your time. It's just your time. There's no, like if I'm taking somebody's portrait, it's just my time. The only person that suffers if I take someone's portrait for free and it sucks is me, which, yeah. <laughs> which I think is like huge. People don't want to talk about that. Yeah. yeah. But then you have children and then you realize, oh man, my time's pretty valuable. But all my friends, I'm lucky, I'm fortunate. <laughs> all my friends all have kids. All my friends are always Good. slightly older than me and they all have kids. And yeah. in my mind, it's like, push it to the limit, limit. Because I know the time is ticking. I'm married, happily married with a family that's like, when are we going to have grandchildren? So I know that I got, I got a narrow window here where I got to fuck shit up. You know? <laughs> <laughs> or, or, yeah, have kids if you want to have kids. If don't, who cares? Like, it's, yeah. it's what you make of it. And it's your, it's your life. You I, know? Unfortunately, that's I unfortunately do want to have kids. I wish I could be one of those like sociopaths who's like, fuck it, I don't need them. Let's grow, let's grow this podcast. Yeah. I really, I, I, I've grown to like kids. My wife is a teacher too. And every oh, recital, awesome. they grow on me a little more. I get a little more comfortable with like, you know, like the vocab talking to them. Yeah. And at first I was like, hi, how are you? Nice. And she's like, you need to come to their level, Robert. I'm like, oh my God. Anyway. All right, my man. This has been a lot of fun. I'm sorry it's been all over Dude, the place. Dude, thanks. <laughs> no, not at all. This is great. Cool. What a treat. Yeah. Uh, awesome. Yeah. I just try and make it, I try and make it fun and have it be like a, a chill, you know, if we were sitting having beers, what would we be talking about? Uh, so where can, what is your social handle? And also, uh, I know you're not on LinkedIn, but where they can find me. Instagram is Eric Marinovich, E-R-I-K-M-A-R-I-N-O-V-I-C-H. If you're not looking at your computer screen, cool. <laughs> uh, I put everything there. I have a website, uh, 
ericmarinovich.com, but Instagram is where it's at. All right, my brother. Awesome. This has been a lot of fun. Cool. Talk soon. All right, cheers. Peace. Cheers. Bye. Bye. checking out this episode of meet the creatives if you enjoyed it uh, make sure you add me on instagram meet the creatives ny and let me know your thoughts and make sure you subscribe on itunes all right have a wonderful day peace